A clinical review published in the BMJ looks at the diagnosis and management of Meniere's disease. To get a patient perspective on what it's like to live with this condition, we're joined by Corinne. Hi, Corinne. Hi. Hi. Corinne, can you tell us how long have you had Meniere's disease? Well, last year, uh, my partner and I drove on the Morphin to in France, and that was the first time I temporarily lost my speech and my hearing ability. And when I recovered, uh, fortunately everything recovered, but my hearing ability didn't return completely. And this summer I was diagnosed with Meniere disease, so it took me a year. Okay, so in that intervening time from when you had that first episode, uh, presumably you went to the doctor after that, that happened. And then what did they do when you saw them for the first time? Well, I had so much pain uh, and pressure in my ear that I went to uh, to my GP and that was the first time I, I, I heard about Meniere's disease. I've never heard of it. Um, and he sent me to hospital. I went to Rotterdam. Um, and then they started with all kinds of research. They did research um, for my balance organ. They did hearing research. They made an MRI. I went to a neurologist too, because they want to know if I didn't have a brain tumor. And that was really a very exciting time because I never thought that I would could have a tumor. Um, but because the attacks uh, came very often and I had a lot of um, brain pain, real brain pain. It was not just a headache, but it was pain in my in my in my brain and um, last summer um, when I went on holiday um, I had four attacks who were very very um, strong I felt on the beach and I couldn't stand up and um, my tinnitus was growing and growing so I couldn't sleep um, and then they find out that my balance organ, my left balance organ, is partly damaged. Um, and I have to deal with, with hearing loss too. So it was a combination of all kinds of symptoms. But because I didn't know uh, it was Meniere's disease, I, I was searching everywhere to find what was happening to me. And then there were three options, the brain tumor, multiple sclerosis and Meniere's disease. And, well, I think I may be glad that I have Meniere's disease. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting interesting way of looking at it when you consider what the alternative um, diagnoses could have been. Um, but it must have been quite a frightening time for you to, to not know what was going on and have have those other, well, any any of those diagnoses on the table as a potential diagnosis. What What was it like for you? It was really very, very frightened. Uh, I had a lot of email contact uh, contact with my doctor, um, and that was really helping. And um, during during the attacks, I'm feeling very, very depressed. I still do, although I know I have Meniere's disease now, because um, it's every time. It, it, the attacks comes when you don't expect. Well, when I don't expect them. Uh, mostly it started at night, um, but when I was waiting for the MRI for the brain tumor, um, I was just frightened. I, I really um, said to my husband during one uh, attack, 
um, I can't have another attack like this because um, it, it will kill me mentally, just mentally. Um, and so my doctor, a young doctor, but she, she's really great, said to me, you have to create a real balanced life between the attacks, but also a very joyful life. As long as we don't know if it's Meniere disease or a tumor, you have to enjoy life between the attacks. And that was really the most difficult part of not knowing what was going on. Good advice from your doctor to try and make the most of your time yeah. in between the attacks. Can you tell us a bit more about the attacks? So um, how often they occurred, how long they lasted and what kind of symptoms you would get? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I had um, three very big attacks, uh, attacks where I just fall down to the ground, to the floor. Um, I couldn't stand up. Um, I heard all kinds of sounds because of the tinnitus. I couldn't um, understand where they were coming from. But the most painful for me was the oral fullness. Um, It feels like a lot of animals are coming together with a, a lot of animals are going into my ear and give me a lot of pressure. Um, I always said to my doctor, I have a lot of elephants in my inner ear when I have an attack. Oh dear. <laughs> um, and then when, uh, when my husband uh, helps me to stand up, um, I'm really completely out of balance. So I'm walking like a drunk lady. Mm. And that is, um, that's not a nice feeling because people are looking at you and think you are very drunk. Mm. Uh, even though I didn't drink a thing, I didn't drink one glass, um, but I can't walk um, straight when I have an attack. So when the attack started outside the house, it's really confronted um, because people are looking at you and I'm not capable to walk straight and I have to um, uh, put my hands to the walls and to the doors to get from one place to another place. But mostly the attacks are taking four, well, between four and six hours and then it's over. And for me then it's completely over. Um, So when I stand up, I'm going to bed and I will have a good good sleep, mostly an hour, one and a half hour. And when I wake up, most of the time I feel much better. Um, Sometimes it takes me really some days because I have a lot of headache too. Um, So the attacks are very different and uh, that that, that, that means that you have to change your life a lot because I never know when the attack will arrive. And in the morning when I wake up, um, every day I'm glad, oh, I think this will be a good day. Mm. (laughs) Um, I'm still working, I'm still driving the car, I'm doing uh, everything I like, Uh, I do a lot of sports. Um, But sometimes, just in the middle of the day, I feel the the oral fullness and I know here is yeah well there is another attack coming and that is mostly between 10 minutes and and an hour 
Okay, and so um, for you, the attacks start with that feeling of oral fullness, and then yeah. then they progress on to to the other symptoms. And the tinnitus. It all it always starts with the tinnitus, but in the night I wake up from the tinnitus. But on the day, sometimes I don't notice the tinnitus. But it also it always starts with tinnitus. It gets stronger. But the pain, the pain of the of the attack for me is the oral fullness. Okay. And you mentioned that you're that's great that you're still able to work and you drive still. Um, can you tell us about the other impact it's had on your life? I mean, I imagine the, the because the attacks are unpredictable and because they're quite debilitating, you know, they yeah. they make you unable to do things, it must um, it must have an effect on other areas of your life. Oh yes, it does. Um, I, I quit my job at the University Medical Hospital where I was working because I have to travel three hours a day, and that is much too. Uh, uh, it, it took me too much energy to mm. do that with the dizziness. Um, so I quit my job, um, but I started as an entrepreneur because. For me, it's very important not to get depressed. Mm. Depression is is just looking around the corner um, when you have an attack. Right. So for me, it's very important to live my life and to give it the quality I need. Um, therefore, I need to have much more rest than other people. Sometimes I woke up and I think, Oh, I think I will stay in bed for the whole day because this is a real bad Meijeres day. Uh, but then it's it's important to have for me it's to have a husband who said at ten or eleven o'clock, please stay up and take a shower. You have to make something of this day, and um, that helps me because I could stay in bed for a day till it's all gone. Um, but now I'll take a shower. Uh, between 10 and 11 so I had my whole night with Meniere's um, and I, then I just sit on a chair and um, listen to some music to not think about the tinnitus um, and I'm looking outside to the, to, the, to the birds and to the trees just to stay calm but to have some possibility to think about other things than the disease. Mm. And um, and when it's over, I can do everything another person is possible to, because I want it to. Um, and I, I think that that is really important for me. And of course, I have a problem with sounds. Um, I have a problem with with tough sounds. Uh, when people have a tough sound on the on the radio. Uh, I have to put it off because I hear it as a motor of of a um, uh, a plane. It's it's so hard in my ears. Um, I have tr I have troubles with having dinner with my friends because I can only hear one person at a time. And when I'm sitting uh, at a table with four or six people, I don't hear a thing. <laughs> mm. um, but I'm very honest about my hearing loss and I'm very honest about not drinking alcohol because of my dizziness. Mm. Um, and when people 
know that you have this disease, uh, I always said, please treat me like Corrine because I'm still Corrine, but I have um, some issues I have to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I try to stay very positive, although it's not easy all the time, but I try to. And um, when I make agreements with, with uh, uh, companies I work for, I always told them, I always tell them, I have Meijer's disease. Um, I will do everything to try to be there, but there is a chance I can make it. And, um, and they all said, okay, they all say, okay. And, um, and that, that's really a relief because there is real, a real life with Meijer's disease. You will not die from it. You will get very old with it, but you have to change your energy management. So I don't, can't stand up at seven o'clock, go to my work and return home at eight o'clock in the evening. And that's the way I worked till last summer. Um, and that is one of the most things I'm very interested in is what's the profile of a Meniere person? Um, because I was really living my life out of balance and I got a balanced disease. And I think that's very interesting. Mm. And now my doctor really helps me to get me in balance. So um, I, I meditate, I take more rest, um, but I still enjoy life very much. And um, I think that is really important to get more balance in your life. And that doesn't mean that you won't have attacks because the attacks will return. But with not using alcohol, with using less of salt, because our food is very salt, um, and with a, a good energy management, you can have a good life with it. With it. Okay, it sounds like you've developed some really good kind of coping strategies and have, have good sort of systems in place. Just finally then, to finish on, can you tell us that anything that you've learnt from your experiences that you'd like to pass on to other patients who perhaps are facing the same issues? Um, yeah, there are several, if I may. <laughs> oh, yeah, please, go ahead. Um, please... Um, before you go to the doctor, ask yourself what you want to ask, what you want to know, and why are you going to the doctor? Because in my opinion, the doctor is interrupting very quick after 11 seconds um, if you don't have a good story. Uh, so I always prepare my visit to my doctor very well, and I ask her always to have two minutes of listening to me before she will interrupt. Uh, that's really helpful because in that way I can share what I really want to share and why I want to visit her. And if you don't prepare, the doctor will get nervous because she wants to know what you're doing there. And then she will interrupt you after 11 seconds. And then you don't have a dialogue, but a very strange conversation with a lot of questions mm. Um, which may be not the reason why you want to visit your doctor. So that, that's for me a very important thing I would like to share with the patients. Um, and then, um, of course, you need your doctor, but it's also a person, a person in a special position. And um, 
she knows a lot about medical uh, care, but I'm the expert of my body. So um, I really think it's important that you both respect the role you're in. I respect her for her medical knowledge and she has to respect me for the fact that I'm the expert of my body. And so I notice when something is really different than it would be with this, uh, with this disease. Um, and the last thing is, yes, Meniere's disease is not a very nice illness. It can make you feel very depressed and sad. And I cried a lot, um, but please take the advice of my doctor. Make something of your life between the attacks because there is so much to do with Meniere's disease. Uh, and don't look at what you can't do, but please look at what's possible. That's great advice. Um, thank you so much, Corinne, for joining us today. Um, it's been a really illuminating conversation and um, we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you.